welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here, each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. What church do you belong to? That used to be a common question. Today, you more often hear, what church do you go to? Should we just think of church as something we go to, or should we think of church as something we belong to? In this episode of Unscripted, we discuss what God's Word tells us church should look like and how it is supposed to function. Let's join the discussion now. Well, hey, Nate. Good to see you. Um, First question for you. Have you ever been an apprentice to something? Have you ever been in a situation where you were being trained for something and and how did that go and and did it work? Yeah, <laughs> did that's you, a good question. Did you actually learn what you needed to learn? <laughs> you know, I was <laughs> when I was, let me think, how old was I? I was 20 years old and I was hired as a pastoral intern mm-hmm. at a church and I was overseeing the high school ministry. But I, I'll be honest, the the church that I was at, they didn't um they didn't give me any training. Ooh, they didn't, they didn't three in there. Yeah. It was like, you know, you can talk to this guy if you have questions and that's about it. So, oh, wow. that, <laughs> so how'd that go? <laughs> thrown to the wolves. It didn't go super well, honestly. I mean, I, and I didn't want to be a pastor at that time. I wasn't actually interested in being in youth ministry. They just kind of like stuck me in this and said, Hey, we're going to pay you to do this. And I'm like, okay. I Are guess. you sure you weren't kidnapped or something? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> no, it didn't go. It didn't go. It was all right. It went okay. But it, I just, it wasn't really I don't know. It was, it was an interesting experience. And that was well before I sensed a call to being in pastoral ministry. So it was kind of a weird season in my life. And like I said, I didn't get any mentorship, any training, anything. It was just kind of like, here you go. And so I was in charge of doing worship and the teaching for this high school ministry that I didn't really know what I was doing. Do you have have any idea why they identified you as the one where you just like, I do know that there was a, a friend of mine that was kind of my pastor, if you will. He wasn't the pastor of the church, but he was kind of my pastor. And I had known him for a couple of years. And he was like, Nate, you'd be good for this. Here you go. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. Yeah. But at least the, you think they saw something in you. That I think that that, think. Okay. I think that's what, what happened. Yeah, I do for sure. I mean, I, there's been times when I've had to learn things. A lot of times I learned things the hard way myself. So yeah, um, it would have been easier if I had gone through some sort of internship process probably, but <laughs> Well, it seems like it turned out because you're a pretty good pastor now. Oh, thank so, you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not because that you were trained so well in that situation necessarily, but God, I guess that guy saw something in you that, that God was doing in you for sure. But that, that kind of does give us a nice little easy lead in into the, the teaching from Sunday uh, from yesterday in Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 and 12. And um, really kind of the, the main point of the teaching was that, that God has gifted certain people in the church to perform certain functions in the church for the benefit of everyone in the church. And it's from Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. I'll read that real quick. It says, He himself, speaking of God, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so the progression that's given to us there in Ephesians 
is that the leaders have something to do. Their job is to equip the saints. The saints, the the saved people in the church, they have something to do, do the work of the ministry. And then the result is that the body of Christ is edified. And so that's the design for the church. Is that accurate to say that? that yeah, I think so. That's kind of kind of way that God wants to see the body of Christ, what we call the church, uh, uh, functioning. Is that, do you think, uh, just for the universal church, body of Christ, or do you think that that's speaking specifically to the local body of Christ, the local church, like our church, Mountain Life, Calvary Chapel? I I think it's both. I think that... um and, and I think that you'll see that some congregations or, or you know, smaller C churches will have, uh, maybe they don't have all of these gifts in operation in a specific church because it just, God hasn't brought in that, brought that person there to, to, fu- to fulfill that role. Um, but I, I think that it is, the ideal would be to have, you know, this model in the local church and in the big picture church. But the, the harder thing with the big picture church is we are so disorganized as the body of Christ as a whole that there's not really a good structure for any sort of you know leadership accountability in that. It's more just kind of mm-hmm. we have to have discernment over who we're listening to, you know. Right, so. right. Well, how long, how long have you been in ministry since that day when you were thrown into the high school room? Um, <laughs> what... <laughs> duct taped and no <laughs> strapped to a chair yeah <laughs> um how long have you been in ministry now yeah i guess it would be um i mean if i i consider ministry serving in volunteer roles or in an unpaid sure. role as well i mean so it'd be since i was 18 years old um so you know or whatever that is. I'm, do the math. My mind is hurting too much to try to do math. But that was a long time. 12 years? Yeah. <laughs> 25 years. That's what 25 it is. 25 years. So, 25 years. So over the course of that time, uh, what are some things that you've seen in the church, the local church, that have prohibited this progression that we see in Ephesians 4, 11 to 12? The leaders equipping the saints, the saints doing the work of the ministry, the body of Christ edified. What Have you seen things... Uh, or patterns maybe even that have prevented that godly progression that God wants? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, there's there's kind of a culture in the United States around church where ministry is done by professionals, if you will. Um, and I know this is kind of weird to say because I am literally a professional pastor. I make a living as a pastor and I'm not saying that that's inappropriate or shouldn't be that way. Um, you know, the apostles and many of the the first century leaders made their living on the gospel as Paul talks about that, um, being a good thing. Uh, even as Paul in certain situations didn't do that and he did in other situations, but the, I think what, what has developed is this idea that the ministry is for the professional ministers whether that's church staff and leadership or pastors or whatever, what have you, for those who are the uh, the ones who are getting paid to do the work. And then the job of the church as a whole is to give to the church to pay those who do work in the ministry, if you will. That's definitely been a church culture in the United States for a long time. Um, 
And I don't know exactly how that developed or why that developed, but that's not really the picture that God has for the church, is that uh, there is a a role for leadership, but the leadership's role is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry, as we just read, you know, in Ephesians 4.12, that... Uh, the, the role of those who are apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry um, and <clears throat> to work on the ministry both inside and outside of the body, right? So that's within the church and in the world as a whole. Right, right. Yeah, the, um, you know, I've been in some different church groups uh, over my course in, in ministry and uh, some churches that I've been in, have membership uh, where you take a class and you go through the classes and there's no test. You just have to show up at the classes and then uh, you are uh, allowed to become a member of Mm -hmm. the church, that local church. And that's what, you know, some churches have tried to accomplish uh, what we see in Ephesians 4 by having membership and like yeah. telling people like, hey, you're a member of this church, you have, uh, you know, a role in this church and stuff. Do you feel like membership has is a way to accomplish this, or, um, or does that not work? I think it. I think it can be. Um, <clears throat> the reason I've always been opposed to church membership is that we are members of the body of Christ, whether we are members of the organization of the church or not. Uh, And so, I mean, if somebody comes and visits our church on a Sunday on vacation, they're a member of our church in a sense. You know what I mean? We have people that um, we have, you know, where we live and minister, there are people who come up here that just live here for the winter. And there's people that come up here that just live here for the summer. And um, they are plugged in and members of our church for that whole time that they're here, but then they're gone for six months, you know, or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, And so the idea of having to kind of go through a class and then you, it just feels exclusive to me. And I think that the body of Christ is inclusive. It's not exclusive. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you are a member of the church, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? There might be people that we don't want to be members of the church, but they are <laughs> because they belong to Jesus Christ, right? That's, yeah. it takes the flesh out of the equation. And um, so, I mean, I get why I get the benefit of that because it, you can kind of like have expectations of your members, but, um, but I think that really what we want is people who have a heart and a desire to do the work of the ministry, not out of obligation, you know? Totally. I'm so on board with that and so glad to hear you say that. I was a little nervous. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to be like, you know what, Paul, we're going to start a good membership idea. Because I, in the churches that I've been a part of that, that do have membership, and, you know, typically, traditionally in Calvary Chapel, we, we don't have membership, although I do know some Calvary Chapel pastors who have started to do membership and, and uh, actually have a couple friends who have done that. And I spoke with them about it when I heard they were going to do that and, and shared with them, like, I don't think this is going to accomplish what you think it's going to accomplish. And because it was something that they had never experienced before, they thought, right. oh, this is this is how we're going to fix this situation of getting people to be more involved in the work of the ministry. But what I've seen in my experience is that 
once a person becomes a member, they think they graduated because you have like a ceremony yeah. and everything. Right. And you don't see them ever again because they, they <laughs> Unless it's time to vote. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they come to vote. Yeah. And then that, yeah. Uh, but that's almost like they're, they feel like they're in now mm-hmm. and now they don't have to do anything because right. they, they accomplished becoming a member or whatever and almost has the reverse purpose, unfortunately. And then again, you know, uh, I think what you said is is so good too, that like, do you want a bunch of people who are doing something because they feel like they have to do it? Or do you want a bunch of people who are doing something because they want to do it? To yeah. do the work of the ministry because you have to uh, isn't very enjoyable. Right. And probably the people you're ministering to don't enjoy it either. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you talked about, and you, you shared your your situation about where you were just thrown into the high school room. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows, you know, maybe you have some more insight into why that happened. But a lot of times, you know, you, you see that take place where, where people are like, Oh, you're breathing, go do the nursery, you know? Um, <laughs> and there's not a lot of equipping that takes place to mm-hmm. pr- help people to succeed in the thing that you're asking them to do. Um, from our perspective, and because it's easy, I think, for us as professional ministers to say, oh, it's all the people's fault. They won't do the work of the ministry. But I think we need to take some responsibility as well and to say, well, it's our responsibility to do that first thing there to equip them for the work of the ministry. What do you think gets in the way of us sometimes not fulfilling our responsibility as the leaders to equip people properly? Yeah, I think that uh, there's a couple of things, and I and, and I like we say all this. I, I say this fully knowing that there are probably people who are listening to this who have been thrown into the nursery in our church, and like <laughs> you're breathing, you can yeah. hold babies, <laughs> you know. And I mean, nursery may not be the best example because really there's not curriculum, or there's an, it really is holding babies and and just enjoying little kiddos. But mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm sure that there are those who are listening who have stepped into serving in youth ministry or in kids ministry or in greeting or whatever, and maybe felt ill-equipped or ill-prepared to do that. Um, so if that's you, I just want you to know, I'm sorry that that's the case for you. <laughs> and we'd love to know how we can help you mm-hmm. do, do like feel better equipped and better prepared um, for the work of ministry that God's called you to in that. Um, I think that what happens, what happened in my case is I know that the guy that kind of asked me to step into that was very busy himself. He had a lot going on. He probably had too much responsibility, too much going on. And um, he saw a need, saw somebody to fill the need and said, here you go, plug you in there. And mm. now we got it covered. We're good to go. Um, <clears throat> I, I think some of it ca- can depend on leadership style too. Some people some people feel that you learn best by just being thrown into the wolves and learning Experience, it, you know, yeah. um, which has been the way that I learn well, you know. Mm. But not everybody learns well that way. You know, some people really need a step-by-step process of this is what you do, and this is what you do, and this is what you do, and then you get here, and this is how you teach this, and this is how you do that. But um, but some it's trial and error. You know, I think that probably the biggest reason that people aren't prepared, though, by leadership, by us, is uh, just being uh, ourselves being busy and overwhelmed with what we've taken on. And sometimes that's from the Lord and sometimes it's not, you know, sometimes it's just pure busyness that isn't actually anything important um, where it's more a matter of, you know, we need to slow down 
walk you through what we're do- talking about. Here's how you do this. Here's how you prepare this. And, you know, I think the great thing in today's age, and this is something that we're working on as a church, is we can actually go, I mean, you and I were just having a conversation about this a minute ago regarding like why we should believe the Bible. And it's like, well, we just did a teaching series on that. Mm. We have it on video. You can go watch that. What a powerful thing that is, um, is to give like some trainings that we can record and and make available to people. And we're doing that with our life trail program. Mm -hmm. And uh, pastor Evan and I are talking about doing that with some of our other ministry areas, really just giving some like here's the step by step by step by step. And then you get to watch that and come and step in and yeah. serve and then have somebody that you're kind of shadowing and walking with you and saying, and then it kind of clicks a little bit more, yeah. you know, in some of those ways. So those are some things that we're working on with that. But I think generally it, it comes down to that. Like I've got five holes to fill. Where am I yeah. going to put the one, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I think too, kind of along those same lines is like, I know I've struggled a lot with this over the years is that you, you want to get it done now, right? Like you, you want somebody to do this and they need to do it now. And, and we don't take the time, uh, that's necessary to really, uh, equip people to be successful. And sadly, what we end up doing, I think is hurting people and burning them out. And then they, they don't want to be part of the ministry anymore of the, the local church. And, uh, why do you, why do you think it's not healthy? We're kind of ping-ponging back and forth here or uh, maybe more modern day analogy, pickleballing back, back <laughs> and forth here. Uh, um, but uh, why do you think it's not healthy for the pastors or the leaders to do all the work of the ministry? Why do you think God calls the saints, the, mm-hmm. the every believer to be part of the work of the ministry? Why isn't it okay for people just to say, well, my part is just to drop some money in the offering box and, and then you guys do all that stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, over and over again in the scriptures, the church is described as the body of Christ. And I don't just mean the church, like our church, but just the church in general is the body of Christ. And, um, a body is made of many parts. This is, this is the illustration that Paul gives repeatedly, uh, just discussing like, you know, the body has many members, but they're all still part of the same one body. And that body, like your body, is accomplishing uh, a task. There's many parts of your body working together to accomplish that task, right? For example, if I'm sitting down and I am typing out a an email or a message or something like that on my computer, all of my fingers are working. My brain is working. My eyes are working. My posture and my my back muscles are holding my body up i'm i'm sitting i'm i'm holding my arms in a certain position i mean there are literally thousands of things going on in my body to make that one task that i'm working on happen that one task of writing out a message or an email or whatever it might be all of these different parts of my body are working together the same thing is true of the body of christ there is a mission that god has given to us as individuals that plays into the mission of the body of christ and all of the thousands of pieces are working together to accomplish that one mission that he has. And so um, I, I think it's, you know, Paul said, if the whole body was an eye, then you wouldn't have hearing or smelling or, or taste or all these other things. Um, it's not designed to just be totally run by one thing. You imagine, you know, again, using the picture of a body, if I were to try to walk around, but all I had was four legs, you know, mm. I'd be hard to pick anything up, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of like, how do I move? Or if all, all that I was, was an eyeball, you know, it's just 
big eyeball rolling around on the street. You can't actually do anything, right? So it requires, even though the 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 like say for example, as as a, a pastor, teacher, leader at the front of the stage giving a message, might be the mouthpiece of the church, right? That that's just words coming out, you know. That it still requires the whole body. Uh, to accomplish the actual tasks of the work of the ministry. And so this is why, you know, when Paul describes this uh, picture of the body of Christ, that each of us are members of it, and each of us has a role to play. And it's not all the same role, because if it, all, it was all the same role, then we wouldn't be getting done the big picture. If if every part of my body was only wanted to be a finger, you know, and I'm trying to type out a message, but I've got 5,000 fingers, you know, <laughs> it doesn't actually work, right? I need my back muscles to hold my, my shoulders up. I need my neck muscles to hold my head up. And I need my eyes to be looking in the right direction. And I need my arms to hold my hands in the right place so that my fingers can put on pressure on the keyboard. You know, there's so many different things working together to make it function. Uh, it's the same thing in the body of Christ. Every part is necessary and they all work together. Uh, and the the crazy thing is, is like I, I, using the same analogy of me typing a message, my shoulder muscles holding my arms in place, if they had consciousness, they might not understand what they're doing. You know what I mean? Why am I holding my the arms here? Why am I doing this right now? They don't realize that they're contributing to the ultimate message or whatever it is that's, that's written down on on the 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 email or the 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 sunday sermon right like my shoulder muscles don't realize but they're directly contributing because if my shoulder muscles aren't working my hands can't actually put themselves onto the keyboard and then none of those keys are getting pressed and there's no message you know yeah um, it's the same in the body of christ i think every part even when we play a part that we don't understand how it functions and what it's doing it all contributes to the whole Man, that's that's really good. I like that. That uh, you know, it, it goes back to the word faith. I think you know, like we do what God's called us to do, having faith that God is using it in some way. And mm-hmm. the the person holding the baby, crying baby in the nursery, might not realize how they're helping the mom of that baby who's been holding that baby all week. You know, and to to be able to sit and really concentrate and listen. Uh, mm-hmm. to a teaching that is really important for her to experience. And uh, that's really good. I like that. Well, but, and uh, they're also helping. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just a small little thing with speaking of the nursery. This is more of a practical example than my shoulder muscles, but that person that's holding a baby in the nursery is actually serving every single person that's hearing that message. Because so for example, at, an, oh, at, yeah. at our 9am <laughs> service, we stream that message online. We stream that message to Glenwood Springs for the Glenwood Springs campus. There are several hundred people listening to that message at that one time. Mm-hmm. That person holding the base baby in the nursery is serving the mom and they're serving me because I get so easily distracted, <laughs> a crying baby. And I'm like, Woo, rabbit trail over here. Right. And I'm, this is not meant to be, if you're a mom and you bring your kid into service, don't, <laughs> this is not judgment, but that's just what happens to me. Right. So the person who's holding that baby is serving me so that I can stay focused on the message. And then I'm giving the message and those hundreds of people that are hearing it, every single part of the body that's engaged there is actually blessed by that yeah. one person holding that crying baby in the nursery. You know? So <laughs> that's funny. You bring up that analogy. There's a, a guy, a friend of mine that I listened to pastor in Alabama. Uh, he's a really good teacher as a, has a real tiny church. Um, but he's, he has somebody in his church that has a baby in the service every time. 
And I know it because I can hear it okay. <laughs> when I listen to his teachings. And so I texted him. I said, I'm praying for nursery ministry for you. So I, <laughs> okay. Can, okay. I can yeah. pay attention a little better to totally. your teachings. Uh, what do you think about this? Um, Jim Simula, I remember reading his book, uh, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, yeah. years ago. And I remember him just kind of describing the way that his church worked, uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York City. And um, mm-hmm. he was talking about how uh, the vision for ministry, uh, that the people in the church helped shape the vision for ministry based on the uh, vision that God's given them personally for ministry. And he uses the example, there was this lady who thought uh, it would be good for the church to um, gather up used furniture to donate to people who needed furniture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was mattresses specifically. And so she came to him with that vision and he was like, you know what, you should go for it you know, and mm-hmm. let me know how we as a church can help support this vision that God's given you for ministry. And it turned into this huge ministry in their church that they did. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that, about um, like the vision for ministry, not just coming from the top down, but but coming from the people in the church as well? Yeah, I think that there are probably many people in the church that have things that God's put on their heart. And I think that it is the role of the church as a whole to work together to accomplish all sorts of different things. Um, I think that at, at the top level, from a leadership perspective, it's it's our purpose to set the overall vision from the church for the church and like where uh, what the heartbeat is of the church, if you will. Mm-hmm. But as that heartbeat plays out and sh- and that blood flows out to the fingertips, you know what I mean. That those fingertips are doing different things than the heart is, you know, and so. Um, again, just using the body analogy, I think that that there are people in our church, for example, that are gifted in many different areas and have passions about many different things that they are going to reach and interact with people that I never will. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I'm all about that. I think the thing that I'm not really about is when people come and say, I have this idea that the church should do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that happens a lot. You get people that say, oh, you know, it'd be really cool if we did this. And what they're really asking is, I would like you to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not not like this lady that's coming and saying, man, I have a passion for meeting needs in the community and here's a way that I think that we could do that. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to be involved or maybe even spearhead that and what would that look like? Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. I'm, I'm 100% behind that. And we've seen stuff like that happen that has been really cool. In fact, that's been a lot of the uh, missions work that we've done in the past has been connected to a church member that has a vision for something, right. you know, um, I, I think even of our partnership with this uh, ministry in India that rose out of a family that had just met these people in India and decided they were going to serve them. And we've now gone to India, you know, half a dozen times and given money and done all kinds of crazy stuff over there uh, just because this family had a passion for this ministry in India. You know, I think yeah. that's awesome. Another uh, thing that, that came to my mind as uh, thinking about this, listening to your teaching, kind of preparing for this podcast and stuff and preparing for our group's questions this week is something that I've noticed. And I think you and I have talked about it before that is, uh, seems to be kind of prevalent here in our, our area. It's probably prevalent everywhere. We saw it in Louisiana. I think it's, it's, it's probably true everywhere is church hopping Yeah, where people go to different churches. Um, 
Does that prevent what we see described in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12? Do you think that that's a healthy or unhealthy thing to do to just kind of bounce from church to church to church? I, I do think that prevents the, the, the picture of the body of Christ working together. Um, and I'll give some, some examples and some reasons behind that. I think that sometimes it is actually appropriate and the right thing to do to leave a church that you're at. Um, and there are certain circumstances in which that's the case. Uh, if there's false teaching going on, if there is unhealthy leadership or blatant sin that's going unrepentant, I mean, there are things that are, um, that are worth leaving a church over, but there's not that many things <laughs> that are worth leaving a church over. Usually it's relational or it's style preferences, and those are things that we are called to overcome as we are unified in the spirit. Um, but I think what happens if you feel super easy, if it, if it feels easy to you to hop churches from one to another, then you're probably not plugged in enough is what I would say. Um, you're probably not plugged into the extent of what it's talking about in scripture when it describes the body of Christ, because it should be a real tearing away to leave your church. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not to the extent like a marriage divorcing would be, but something like that. It should really hurt mm -hmm. to actually leave a church. It should be something that, that, that tears at your heart because you've been so connected and so invested and so plugged in on some level with that, with that church, right? Not as an organization, but as people. And um, so I think when, when we do that, often what we're looking for in, in church hopping is our own preferences, whether that's worship style or teaching style or, um, you know, ministries that are offered or whatever it might be. It's really about us, you know, it's really a selfish focus. Um, and our call to belonging to the body of Christ is not really about us. It's about the big picture. It's about what we bring rather than what we get. Mm. Um, it's the old, you know, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Ask not what your church can do for you. Ask what you can do to be a part of the body of Christ, actually reaching this, this generation and this community mm. with the gospel message. Uh, that's why you're still here. That's, that's, that's the thing that I think so many believers don't get is that the reason we're still here is because we have a role to play in the body of Christ mm. to accomplish the mission of God in the world, bringing the kingdom of God on earth uh, here and now, if you will, on earth as it is in heaven, right? And so when we're focused on what am I getting out of it, we're missing the mission altogether. Yeah. And that's when it's really easy to go, well, I didn't like this message that this guy said, and so I'm going to go over here, or I just don't really like the worship style, so I'm going to move over there. Um, I, I'm going to go, this week I'm going to go here, next week I'm going to go there, or I go to all the churches. I've heard that. I go to all the churches in the valley. I'm like, okay, well, where are you serving? Mm -hmm. You know, because that should be your home church. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and it's okay to have community outside of your Definitely. organization. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I know, especially where we live, there's, there's a small valley, there's a small Christian community and there's a small number of churches. And so a lot of people have Bible studies with people go to other churches. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, um, you know, are working with people that go to other churches and there's a lot of good Christian community, which is great. But where are you serving and where are you under leadership and where are you being discipled and where are you being led in the things of Christ, mm. uh, belonging to a body of Christ connected together um, in the mission of God in the world? That's really the question. And, and maybe you're, you know, maybe you're at a church now and you're not church hopping or church shopping, but 
but you're still not connected to that work. And, and I would just say, I would encourage you that God has a plan and a purpose for you in the church that you're at. Uh, and he has a mission for you there. And it might be something that seems insignificant to you, mm -hmm. but just like those muscles holding up my arms that my fingers can type on the typewriter or the typewriter. <laughs> I don't like, wow, what? <laughs> what's a typewriter? I don't know <laughs> the, the, on my phone right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that those roles are important. And sometimes the role changes and you grow as you disciple. You know, I know that the former pastor of this church, uh, got saved and then started working as a church janitor. Mm -hmm. You know, he cleaned up, he mopped the floors. He just kind of, that's what he did. He was just the janitor. And then they moved him into serving in kids ministry. And then he became the children's pastor. And then he planted a church and then he pastored a church. And, you know, uh, like you might be like, well, I don't know if I want to clean toilets, but I mean, I was on staff as a church leader, pastor cleaning toilets for years, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's part yeah. of, you know, there's just, I, I think that, Sometimes we think, well, what do I want to do? Not what am I called to do? And, you know, yeah. I think that we're all called to ministry. And sometimes what we want to do is what we're called to do. And sometimes it's not. But. Yeah. Well, I think, I think this conversation is going to be to be continued because the next couple verses that we get to in, in Ephesians 4 really start to talk about the, the benefit and the, what takes place when everybody is, is doing what they should be doing and they are connected to that and so mm -hmm. we'll just say uh to be continued at the end of this one because i think uh, we're going to be getting into some stuff next week that's going to have to do a, a, a lot more with with what we're talking about today so well thanks for joining us nate and we'll uh see you for part two of this discussion next week thanks for joining us for today's conversation if you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to PastorNate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.